Host Melissa Rosenblum is one of only a few women certified by the Supreme Court of New Jersey as a criminal trial attorney. When you add kids, a booming law business, and a little black book full of subject matter experts, you've got the Mighty Merp podcast. And part three in this series. You were the judge of recovery court for five years. You retired as the recovery court judge. I, I know you're still involved, which we're going to talk about in just a moment, but how... How were you able to, throughout the time, stay so positive and focused? Because um, I know even sitting as a judge, you lost you lost clients and, and people in the program. Sure. And, uh, sure. And so, but you are always very, um, I don't know if it's goal-oriented on this or focused or able to see the positive, um, but you've always maintained like a very upbeat, I think, mantra about recovery. Well, because I knew it was their only way out. I knew there was no other way out. And I knew, and I knew that nobody ever said, geez, you know, the thing I really want to do is go to be in recovery court and and be drug tested twice a week. And, and, uh, you know, have to go and uh, sit in court once. You know, at the beginning of the recovery group process, you go every week, then you go every month, then you go every two months, every three. You know, it's declining attendance as you you, uh, get certain levels of, uh, you know, certain uh, success levels. uh, You go less and less to court. At the beginning, it's somewhat intense. Um, And I knew nobody wanted to do that because most of the people who had substance abuse problems wanted to continue to use. Why? Because that is the way the disease works. Mm-hmm. It won't let you go. So you have to, You it, and, and, and it, it, it hurts to be in recovery at the beginning. After a while, it doesn't. It takes about six months, uh, you know, clinically to stop using drugs before your brain starts operating the same way. I mean, I would see people as they pled in, they didn't know what day it was. Honest mm-hmm. to God, I mean, you know, you you would you know they were they were walking around and they were uh, their eyes were open and conscious, but if you talked to them two weeks later, do you remember being in my court two weeks ago? They'd say no. So it takes a while for your brain to reorient reorient itself, depending upon the amount of time you've been uh, addicted. Now, the the, the most difficult uh, situation are young kids, um, and you know, Melissa, you do you've done a lot of juvenile cases as well. If you're 17 years, 364 days old, and you're caught with drugs or doing certain things, uh, it's a very different result than when you're 18 years old in one second. Um, you're in the adult system. State prison is out there, filled with the, you know, there used to be 50,000. I think there's a few, there's, there's much fewer, much fewer, but our county uh, prison, our county jails have all expanded exponentially and, uh, because there have been so few trials because of COVID. So, uh, you know, you, we, you get people in, at first they don't want to do it. If you can just keep them, keep their nose at the grindstone, get them into treatment immediately. The, the, there is no cure to sub, a substance abuse addiction, but there is treatment. You, mm-hmm. Treatment does work, but you have to go to treatment. You have to pay attention. You have to participate. Um, drug testing is an integral part of treatment because you, you know, that's how you prove that you're, mm-hmm. that you were, uh, that you are staying sober, uh, because the truth is the first thing that goes out the window. Um, if you have a substance abuse problem, it's the truth. um, and yeah, yeah. So the reality of it is it's a process, you know, once I, uh, there's a book called the razor's edge and it says the path to salvation, 
lies at the edge of a straight razor. I mean, you know, you walk, you walk the edge of a straight razor and, and it's very difficult to walk the line of recovery. Yeah. Uh, I but always if you do it. Yeah. You're happy. I always know when my clients really are still clean or whether, and still in recovery, or if they relapse by one simple question. When I ask them the date, if they could tell me the date of when they became sober or clean. Yes. My clients who can give me the date, I know they're still right. clean. My clients. I, I, I think you're right. That are wishy-washy on it. I just know that they're using again, whatever it is. Right. So let me. It's, 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 yeah. It's one of the questions I would ask. What's your clean date? Never forget your clean date. Never forget. Never forget your clean date. And I would say, when was it? January the 13th at 11 o'clock. I mean, yes. then you know somebody, please pay attention. At least they're paying enough attention that if they're lying to you, they're sounding good. Right. Um, it, you know, it's not an it's not an infallible test, but it's certainly one of the ones I use. It it is a good one. So let me ask yes. you this: You retired in November 2020, uh, forced retirement in New Jersey, or a welcome right. retirement, uh, any other way you look at it. So, right. um, are you? I know that you are. So let me ask you this: What are you still doing? Uh, and how are you involved in furthering the recovery courts or recovery in New Jersey? Because I, I know that it is a passion or a, or well, something well, that well, you're well, going to continue. Couple, right. A couple of things happened. As I was about to retire, I got a call from the Chief Justice who really liked the jobs program that I had been doing in Atlanta, Cape May. And he asked me if, the, if, I, would be, if I would be willing to help lead the, the program statewide. So now... I'm the vice chair, along with Glenn Grant, is the director of the Administrative Office of the Courts, of a program called JOBS, J-O-B-S. It's Judiciary, uh, what's JOBS stand for? I forget. Judiciary, uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, called, it's an acronym, but it's called JOBS. And for we jobs. are active, we're, yeah, we're, we're active, uh, now I'm frustrated because i got to find out what, what this uh, JOBS stand for. I should know that. Um, oh, uh, uh, oh, Judiciary Opportunities for Building Success. That's the program. So it's active in all, uh, we have 15 judicial districts in New Jersey. They're called Vistages. It's active in all 15 judicial districts. We have uh, employment specialists now in all 15 judicial districts. It's run through the probation department. who's doing a fabulous job. And we're holding job fairs all over the state for people, not just in recovery, not just uh, 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 recovery court people, but for probation. There's over 100,000 people in New Jersey who are being uh, supervised by the probation department, both in criminal probation and in child support. And the job, the, the jobs program we're, ha we're doing is uh, available to all of those people. And we had, we've had some tremendous success in getting people back to work and in bringing people back into the community through a job. Um, and, a, and we have a lot of uh, partners which, uh, if I can tell you who our partners were, because I was just doing a memo on this the other day. Uh, and these are on. companies and corporations in New Jersey that are agreeing yes. to hire individuals that have prior records, which is something that justice, has we, prevented. We, we call them justice, justice involved individuals. Mm -hmm. uh, I will looking at it now here we go the partnering companies we have uh and this is not all of them this is uh, many of them jingoli uh, joe jingoli his 
construction company has been probably our our best uh, uh, throughout the state has been our best uh, vehicle to uh, have what we call train to hire programs for the construction industry. But Jingoli, Goya, Community Team, Food Bank, PSE and G, Atlantic Electric, Audible, Amazon, Wayfair, Wake Fern, New Jersey Transit, Atlantic Electric, Robert Wood Johnson, Barnabas Health, Atlantic Care. So we've, we've concentrated on the big utility uh, customers. Robert Wood Johnson, for instance, mm-hmm. hires 35, and hires 6,000 people a year. They have 35,000 people working for them. So these are gigantic employers, and we've made progress with all of them to try to, uh, you know, to get to hire people on probation. They're called justice-involved people. There's huge, uh, there's huge benefits to the community if we take these people who traditionally have had a difficult time getting a job because they have a criminal record, and we treat them and rehabilitate them through probation, and we train them for a job, job training. We have received approximately $5 million worth of uh, grants for the program from the uh, Department of Labor mm-hmm. to establish job training programs and employment programs, job coaching programs throughout the state for justice and job-involved probation clients. Wow. Anything else in you're doing in your retirement? This is your retirement, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, this is my retirement. No, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm trying to stay busy. I'm trying to help people because that's what I kind of got to have into a habit of doing. I'm finding it very rewarding and satisfying that I can help people um, and make New Jersey better. I mean, let's face it. What's the problem in New Jersey? It's the same problem there is throughout the country, which is you know, there's parts of the in, of Atlantic County where I'm not too comfortable walking at night. Um, you know, that is no way to live. And I'm and I think that in terms of that, over the last 50 years, it's gotten more problematic. A lot of this is re- directly related to uh, drug-related criminality. Mm-hmm. So if we can get people into recovery and get them jobs, have them as tax-paying citizens of this country, we can, I think turn New Jersey around for the better. And we've been working with the governor's office. We're working with, with the uh, New Jersey President's Council, which is all the higher educational uh, facilities in New Jersey. Harvey uh, uh, Kesselman from Stockton has been tremendous uh, with us and uh, has provided recovery court scholarships here and has hired people from our program, Atlantic Care as well. We work with them. Um, and the casino industry is great. They need people. We're trying to get our people hired there. They have changed. And I got to give Jim Plausis, who's the chairman of the Casino Control Commission, mm-hmm. tremendous, tremendous kudos. He used to be the, the uh, chairman of the parole board, so he knows, uh, you know, whereof he speaks in terms of reentry into the community. Uh, and we have gotten a lot of the ch- laws changed that people who have our justice involved have criminal records can work as cleaners on in, on the casino floor, can work as, you know, in, in as hotel staff in the casinos. Uh, They're not, I mean, what sense does it make if you right. take somebody who wants to, who has committed a crime, let's say a drug crime, that person goes through, um, you know, re- rehabilitation and recovery, and then he comes back and he can't get a job. Right. Well, if you and can't then- get a job... You're going to have to feed your family some way. How are you going to do it? Correct. And and I think what people don't realize is that when you had a conviction, of, uh, we call them in New Jersey indictable convictions, but it's a felony conviction. Um, right. Prior to, to 
you working and changing the laws and the licensing, you couldn't work in the casinos at all, whether it was housekeeping, cleaning, you couldn't get a casino license to work. Right. So it, it was it was a ridiculous situation. Luckily, thanks to Jim Plausis and some other uh, some of our the legislators, some of whom we have on our on our board, they changed the Casino Control Act to allow people to have jobs. I mean, the, the reality of it is um, they're either going to have jobs or they're going to be walking through your casino and harassing people. Mm -hmm. I mean, one way or the other, it's a better system where people are working for a living, taking home an honest paycheck for an honest day's work. Mm. And I think that's how that's how we change the world. I agree. I agree. So um, I do have some rapid fire questions that are a little lighter than the topics that we've talked about today. But before I get to that, is there anything else that other than I mean, you're doing a lot. There's recovery. You know, there's the jobs program and and, uh, you know, everything you're doing to make sure that uh I would say my clients or people in the criminal justice system are able to re-enter our communities and jobs without ending back in the system. Is there anything else that's on your plate right now that you Well, you know, I'm doing, uh, you know, I was involved in the uh, community, the uh, consolidated municipal court program, which is now go going forward. And I'm involved in some other things, community related uh, oriented things. Um, but, you know, I'm keeping busy. Good. I'm keeping busy. I like being retired, not having to do what I don't want to do. So I'm doing all stuff I want to do. With all right. So let's talk about what you want to do. This is some rapid fire questions. Some of them are just fun. Okay. Some of them right. are, um, you know, just for a little entertainment. So what do you like to do now to relax or unwind? What's your uh, hobby, favorite hobby? It's a great question. I do not have a, a, a million hobbies. I've been trying to to walk more to stay in shape uh, to a certain extent, which I never paid much attention to when I was working, uh, but I am now. Uh, I like I like reading and uh, I like movies. Um, nothing, unfortunately, incredibly active, but I've tried to stay as active as possible through okay. through work working for all these uh, these causes. This is not one of my questions on my list, but I know you're a movie buff fan, and you said it's one of your hobbies. So, what is your favorite? Movie, one movie. That's all you can pick. But uh, one movie. My, I'm going to sound like a horrendous snob here, but uh, the movie that I, my favorite movie is is probably Citizen Kane. <laughs> okay. B believe it or not, and that's a snobby thing to say, but I really like the movie. I've always liked it. In terms of more mainstream movies, uh, I, I like Sunset Boulevard, and uh, I would say that would be my favorite non-snobby movie. Non-snobby movie. Okay, yeah. so. Do you have a famous quote or saying that you either live by or inspires you or a mantra? That's funny. The, the, I, I gave a, uh, a speech the other day, and I'm trying to find it if I can uh, somewhere here. But um, it, we, we let off the season in front of the criminal judges at Seaview. And um, the, the, my currently fa favorite uh, quote is by none other than Steve Jobs, the former head of Apple, who's now passed away. And it says, uh, "People, those those people who are crazy enough to want to change the world usually do." I like that. I like that. I, I send my kids famous quotes every day and uh, and uh, try to inspire them, uh, depending on what's happening in the world. So. Right. Um, 
What is your favorite color? Green. I was going to make a joke about money, but I decided not yeah. to. Yeah, it was green. I like green. There you go. And um, I think it's fair to say that you're a leader in everything that you've done. You kind of, you know, have these goals. And, and, and so what do you think makes, makes you successful as a leader? Well, I, you know, I try to bring everybody else along with me. I found that if you tell people what to do, they never do it. I, I find myself, if somebody says, uh, Mark, I want you to do, you know, you have to do this. I, you know, I'll think immediately ways of slacking. But if you bring people along, explain the premises under which uh, what you're trying to do, explain what the goals are, and listen to input as a collaborative leader, I think that is much more successful than being a dictator. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with me. I think that what you've done for Recovery Court in New Jersey is uh, truly monumental. I think people in our area, Atlanta County and Cape May, have truly benefited from uh, you leading Recovery Court in the new direction. And I, I can tell you that my clients don't have the pushback anymore when we talk about Recovery Court about not wanting in it because of the idea that they're going to end up in state prison. And I think that's because of you. Well, I don't, I don't know about that, but thank you very, very much. I appreciate it, Melissa. And over the years, you and I have been working together for you know, much of the 15 years that I was a judge. Uh, and I don't know if I knew you before I was a judge. I don't think I did, but I've certainly known you for the last 15 years. And, uh, you know, you're a, a good, talented advocate for your clients. And you've always been willing to listen. You've always been willing to make sensible suggestions. And uh, I have to say that you know, in terms of somebody who really kind of gets it, I'd have to say you are that person. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening in. Stay tuned for the next part in this conversation. Mighty Murph is a production of the Law Office of Melissa Rosenblum and the Niche Podcast Network. Mighty Murph is available on iTunes, Spotify, and all your favorite apps and players. But the best way to experience the show is to visit MightyMurph.com, where you can subscribe, rate, or submit a voice message to the show. That's MightyMerp.com.